while we can lift our hands and sing such a song to the Lord. The book of Psalm 124, media, if I can have that on the screen. When you, when you look at the year 2020 and all the things that have happened in this year, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Now, may KCC say, listen, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. When COVID-19 showed up, the churches were
our sorrow. Then the proud waters are gone over our sorrow. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. I said, Blessed be the Lord. Brothers and sisters, blessed be the Lord.
Apple Music Ministers, a wonderful hand. We can do better than that. Yes. God has given us gifted men and women who are dedicated to his cause, and we are grateful. We're so grateful to God for our music ministers. Romans 3.27, where is boasting there? It is excluded by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. By the law of faith. So there is a law called faith. The law of faith. Faith is a law. Just like gravity is a law, faith is a law. And you see, when laws are involved, results are predictable. Laws don't work by chance. They work when they are worked. You know that if a man were to climb Sindeco House and jump, he would definitely fall down dead. There is no chance of survival. Laws don't work with chance. Laws are no respecter of people. They don't care whether you are short or you are tall. They don't care whether you are light-skinned or dark-skinned. They don't care whether you are fat or slim. They don't care whether you are American or Zambian. Laws are laws. And I'm not just talking about the laws of the land, political laws, governmental laws. I'm talking about the laws God sets to govern the earth. The laws that God sets to govern the spirit realm. Whatever realm you function in has laws. And the higher the realm, the higher the laws. Jesus could walk on water. By what law? The law of gravity? No. The law of gravity would have made him sink. He had to function by the law of faith, which is greater than the law of gravity. Jesus multiplied bread. By what law? The law of faith. Hallelujah. Another thing to note about laws is that um, laws don't forgive the ignorant. So a man may say, I didn't know I was not supposed to do it. Even the laws, the governmental laws of the land, if you kill a person, you will be arrested. And you may tell the policeman, I didn't know that it was against the law to kill a person. Ignorance is no excuse. Laws are laws. And one of the ways to operate the law of faith is through gratitude, through thanksgiving. And I want to talk to you about ten blessings of gratitude. Ten important things that when we express our faith in gratitude. Ten important things that this expression avails to us. I said results are predictable. You can know whether or not you make it in 2021. You can know there are laws that God has put in place. You can know whether or not you'll be a success. Someone wrote to me this morning and said, Pastor, I don't know why God has failed me. I said, what's the problem? The person said, well, things broke into my house. They stole my 1,000. I don't know why God allowed this to happen. I was pretty much disappointed to hear such a thing coming from that person. And I think God was more disappointed. 
You don't know why God allowed God allowed it. God, God allows what you allow. Whatsoever you shall bind on it shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall you know, condemn on earth shall be condemned in heaven. Whatsoever you shall permit, the good news puts it. God allows what you allow. There are laws. You leave your door unlocked uh, and you go to sleep and Steve, you think Steve's one come in and steal. And then you say, God, why did you allow this to happen? God. God. God, why did you take my father? God. You are pointing your finger at the wrong person. God. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Job, are you sure? God. Job, there is a law. He that breaketh and hate, the second you bite him. You are blaming God. He blessed you, yes. He's not the one that took away from you. God is not a taker. God is a giver. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. God does not call back what he has said, what he has released. So let's look at these 10 important blessings of gratitude. Number one, gratitude makes you see what God has done. It makes you see what God has done. You see, when you are thankful, it means that you have seen what God has done. And until you see what God has done, you are not ready for what he is about to do. It's a recognition that God has done something for you. Psalm 77. Can we look at it from this one? I cried unto God. Maybe we should do this together. Is that okay? I will read the verse. You will read the verse after it. Praise God. So I will start. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. Uh-huh. I saw the Lord. God. Let, let's, let's do it well. You follow my pace. Because you are slowing me down now. I cried unto God with my voice. Even unto God with my voice. And he gave ear unto me. Mm-hmm. In the day of my trouble, I saw the Lord. My soul ran in the night. And I ceased not. My soul refused to be I remembered God and was troubled. I complained. And my spirit was overwhelmed. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. Media, you're sweating us down now. I thought to remember my song in the night. I communed with my own heart, and my spirit made the Will the Lord cast off forever, and will he be favorable no more? Is it Have God forgotten to be gracious? Have he in anger shut up his tender mercies? And I say, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Are you seeing the progression here? The man is moving from depression to happiness. Why? Wow, he's able to identify. You know, I'm going to 
all this. I cannot talk right, right now. I cannot even sleep. What I'm going through is too much. But I remember God's works of God. I remember what God did for me. He did ABCD. He did all these things for me. Has God forgotten to perform miracles? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Then I remember. And then his story begins to change. He says, Thou art good. Thou art the God that doeth wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Verse 15. Thou hast redeemed thy people, the sons of the Jehovah. The waters saw thee, O God. The waters saw thee. They were afraid. The deaf also were troubled. He's talking about the Red Sea. He says, The waters saw you. They were afraid. You've got a picture here. He's in tears. He's in pain. He's questioning God. God, have you forgotten how to perform miracles? Have you forgotten how to change stories? He's crying. I cannot even talk right now. I don't even have the words to say. Then he says, I had to do a diligent search. Because all I was seeing were my problems. All I was seeing were my circumstances. I had to do a diligent search. Has God been has God done something for me? I, I remember your works of God, your wonders. And then he says, now, he says, look, look God, look God, the water saw thee and, oh God, the water saw thee, they were afraid. I'm sure by this time he's imagining God now, when, when my situation sees you, ha, this will be the end of it. The water saw thee, oh God, the water saw thee, they were afraid. The death also were troubled. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out a sound. Thy arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lighted the world. The earth trembled and shook. Thy way is in the sea. Thy path in the great waters. And thy footsteps not known. Thou leadest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. When you begin to give God thanks and begin to see the things that God has done for you. Someone said, count your blessings, name them by one by one. You'll be amazed at what the Lord has done for you. You see, we are not grateful because we are happy. We are happy because we are grateful. When you begin to count your blessings, you cannot be depressed. To be depressed. Let me, let me give you the formula for depression. Count your problems. Name them one by one. Your heart will sing low. But when you count your blessings, I tell you, you will lift those hands and say, Oh my life, you have been You will say, I was young now, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I have never seen. It has never happened, it will not start now. You will get out of that bed, you will stop calling your friends for sympathy. You will put on your dancing shoes and start praising God. Not only does gratitude help you see what God has done, number two, it helps you see God. It makes you see God. Psalm 69, verse 30. I will praise the name of God with a song. Look at this. And will magnify him with thanksgiving. 
So when I'm giving him thanks, I'm magnifying him. When I was counting my problems, I was magnifying my problems. I couldn't see God. Now I start looking at what God has done. God becomes magnified. Now I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid of what I'm seeing. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For thou art with me. Now I can see that you are with me. I'm not asking. No, no, I am not seeing. Lord, you seem so far away. A million miles or more it feels to me. No, I see. I have said the Lord always before me. Because it's at my right hand that shall not be moved. He says, I will magnify him with thanksgiving. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Now, not only do you get to see the Lord, thanksgiving prepares you for the next level. Number three, the next level. Write these things down. People who take God for granted get grounded. You cannot rise above your level of gratitude. That is why they say your gratitude determines your attitude. How high you can go. Thank you is what qualifies you for the next level of favor. You are not ready for another miracle if you have not thanked God enough for the last one he performed. You are not ready. Isaiah 54 from this one message translation. You are barren. You have tried everything. Nothing has worked. The Lord says, there's a way this thing can change. Start doing the opposite of what the devil expects you to do. Oh, let, me, let me stand here. When a situation comes, there is a reaction the devil expects you to give. Confuse him. Count it all joy. When you find your father's trials and temptations, he's expecting you to start crying, to start complaining. God is saying the way to deal with the situation is to respond in the opposite way. You see, the devil is the antichrist. For you to confuse him and deal with him, you must respond in the opposite reaction that he expects you to respond. So, look at this woman. She is barren. She has no children. Nothing seems to be working. Then the Lord says, see, Sing, barren woman, who has never had a baby. Hey, come on here. Sing. Sing. Sing, man, who has never had a business. Start singing. You don't have a job. Start singing. You don't know where you're going to live tomorrow. Start singing. Sing. Sing, barren woman, who has never had a baby. Fill the air with song. You who have never experienced childbirth. You are ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. Come on here. But before you can end up with more children than those who have been bearing children, see. No, when God, when God does it for me, I will see. God is saying, see, I'll do it. Pray for me now, I'll do it. The chains will not be broken if you don't pray. The enemies will not be defeated if you don't praise. I've told you the battle is mine, it's not yours. But until you start praising me, I will not go into action. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20, as they began to praise God, 
God directs half of the enemies. It was not when they prayed. It was not when they received the prophecy. It was when they began to praise. You have prayed. You have prophesied. Have you praised? See. He says, you are ending up with far more children. Ending up with far more businesses. Ending up with far more increase. Ending up with far more promotion. Stop crying. Stop complaining. Why have they not promoted me? Why have God lifted me? See. God says so. Look at this. <laughs> Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Barren woman, go and clear out the next bedroom. Buy a baby coat. When when God does it for me, when God, God is saying, after that moment, step into the waters, I will divide them. Stretch your hand over the sea, I will divide it.
That is why we are ending this year with thanksgiving. We are making room for something greater. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tempest stick. You are going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. Mm, mm. You are going to take over whole nations. You are going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You are going, he says, don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. You will forget all about the humiliations of your youth. And the indignities of being a widow will fade from your memory. So he says, see. of the will of God. He says the will of God contains the plans of God. It contains the what, the how, when, and where of God. That's the will of God. The will of God is not just do ABCD. It also contains the ability to do the ABCD. The provisions of that will. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What is the will of God? You giving thanks. The situation may not be the will of God, but the thanksgiving is the will of God. And when you begin to give thanks, and he put it for you in a good way, when your heart is full of thanks, your life cannot be empty of miracles. First Corinthians 10 verse 10, good news translation. We must not complain. Huh? As some of them did, and they were destroyed by the angel of death. That's the devil. When you complain, the Bible says you're wasting the situation. You are giving the devil the upper hand. You'll be destroyed. So complaining complicates the situation. Gratitude simplifies things. Number five. Gratitude will avail to us deep manifestations of God. You will experience God. You will speak God. I remember very well when God was training me on how to hear his voice. He would tell me things like shout, shout hallelujah, shout glory. I didn't understand. Why all these shoutings? He says, they open up your spirit to my presence. They open up your, my, your spirit to my glory. No wonder you will see that in meetings like this, it is people who know how to respond to God that get to experience God. We can be in a meeting like this, someone is having an encounter with God, another person is seeing nothing, another person is wondering, why is this person falling down? Why is this other person crying? Why is this, they don't understand what's going on. You can be in a place where God is and don't know it. Jacob said, the Lord has been in this place and I knew it not. This is not other than the gate of heaven. I knew it not. This is the birthday of God. I knew it not. Angels are ascending and descending in this place. I knew it not. You would have left with nothing. Had you not been awakened to the God who was in that place. Psalm 22 verse 3. It says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabited the praises of Israel. 
He says, God inhabits the praise. So when we begin to praise Him, we begin to thank Him. The Bible says God settles in those praises. Now you see, what are the praises? The praises are coming from our hearts. The praises are going into the atmosphere. The manifested presence of God will settle in that atmosphere. That is why it is so easy for miracles to happen when people are praising and worshiping God. It is because their eyes are turned away from their circumstances unto God. Before that man could receive his miracle and get called beautiful, he had to look away from his pain. Peter and John said, look on us. And then they say, silver and gold, if I am such as I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, I don't before the people who were beaten by the serpents in the wilderness could be healed, they had to look away from the pain and look at the present serpent that had been lifted. Before the Lord can work in your life, you've got to look away from the pain. Look away. You cannot walk on water if your eyes are on the stone. You have to keep your eyes on Jesus. Look away. And you see, praise and thanksgiving help you to look at him, see him, magnify him, exalt him. And they open you up to the possibility, to his possibilities. They open you up to his possibilities. And then you see, God, God is an addict. Let me, let me say here for a bit. God is an addict. There are things that God is addicted to. You know, when someone is an addict, you can predict his reaction in any circumstance. If someone is a drug addict, you can control him. Just get drugs wherever he needs. He will be moved. God is an addict. He's not a drug addict. He's a praise addict. He's a worship addict. The Bible says God is walking about cities and houses. Doing what? Seeking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. He's not moving around looking for those who will pray. He's not moving around looking for those who will smile at him. He's going around looking for something that can benefit him. Worship. He cannot worship himself. So he's looking for somebody who can do for him what he cannot do for himself. And when you do for God what God cannot do for himself, God will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. He's an addict. I know how we can manifest the presence of God here. Just lift your hands. Let's just start. Lord, we love you. No, I'm not talking about this entertainment stuff. Just singing so that your voice can be heard. No, no, no. Something from the heart. By the time you are done, you'll be amazed to find the growth that you have in your body is gone. You'll be amazed. Are you hearing what I'm trying to God is a praise addict. Let me show you this. God sends his prophet Isaiah to Ezekiel. Tell him, put your house in order, you die. I'm not going to heal you, you're going to die. The Bible says Ezekiel turned his face to the wall. And he begins to talk to God. He says, God, if I die, who will praise you? The dead cannot praise you. The living shall praise you as I do. God says, Isaiah. <laughs> go, go, tell him to do it. Yes. Are you here? I'm trying to show you here. The situation can be turned around. Even if God himself has said it will not change. It can be changed. 
You went somewhere, the person was supposed to help you say they cannot help you. My daughter, there is a way. The Bible says the, the, the hearts of the kings are in the hands of the Lord. He moves it wherever it pleases. Now listen to me. Listen, my daughter, listen, my son. You can move the head that moves hearts. from the place where the dead was laid and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee. Come on, you're, you're giving thanks. They are blaming you for his death. If you had come here four days earlier, you would not have died. They are blaming you. You are, you are lifting your eyes to give thanks. You said, you said, that Jesus just agreed, agreed. And swallow your pride. You said he was not going to die. He has died. You said the sickness is not up to death. The man you said was not going to die has died. The man you said you love, you will not heal to heal him. And he 
Jesus' eyes and say, Father, I thank thee that thou hast hanged me. Hate me? Oh, I thank you for you who hear me. I thank you for you hear me. Four days earlier when I said the sickness was not up to date, you hate me. When I said 2020 was my year, you hate me. When I said I will end this year, well, you hate me. Now I don't care that what I'm saying right now contradicts what I said. But I know you hate me. Thank you. He doesn't say, Father, why? Father, do something. He's saying, because you hate me, death will kill me. Verse 42. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people who stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he was thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. When you start bringing declarations from the heart of gratitude, you will see results. The problem is we make declarations from the heart of ingratitude. From a heart that is complaining. Then we are saying, mountain be removed. In your heart you are saying, I don't know why this is happening to me. I don't know why this problem is staying. In Jesus' name, you spirits, come out. You devil, come out. I don't know why it's not going. <laughs> it is from the heart of gratitude that life was manifested. Number seven. Fruitfulness and multiplication. John chapter six. Let's do this quickly. John chapter six. The Bible tells us here. That the people were hungry for three days. They hadn't had anything to eat. You know, they had been with Jesus for three days. They had finished all their food. Now they were hungry, so they had nothing to eat. And then the Bible says in verse 5, When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now look at verse 6. And this he said to prove him, for he knew what he would do. Jesus knew how the laws of the Spirit work. He knew what law to apply in that situation. He knew what he was going to do. No, 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 no. He just, he, he just didn't know that there was going to be fruitfulness and multiplication, but he knew that he was going to Thanks and something will happen. He knew what he was going to do. Do you know what to do when you have less than enough? Do you know what to do when you don't even have anything at all? Do you know what to do? Some people, all they know is to worry. Do you know? Ask him, do you know what to do? Jesus knew what to do. He knew what to do. Verse 9. There is a lad here which hath five berry loaves and two small fishes, small fishes. But Jesus knew what to do. But what are they among so many? Look at verse 10. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. He knew what to do. Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he knew what to do. Oh God, what are we going to eat today? No, 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 no. You don't know what to do. You don't know. You don't know. Get your money. Get your food. Whatever it is, give thanks. The Bible says he knew what to do. Just like he knew what to do when there was no boat to take him to the place he wanted to go. He 
The Bible says when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were sat down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five very loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. That's all he did. He gave thanks. He did not lay hands on the bread. He did not prophesy to the bread. He did not call his disciples to pray prayer of agreement. He knew what to do. I only have a hundred quarter. My food is my tuition is ten thousand. Do you know what to do? Nothing is more in the hands of gratitude. And nothing can remain small in the hands of the grateful. Look at Jeremiah 30, verse 19. I'm sure, you know, Jesus being a man of the word and being the word himself, he knew what this scripture said. Jeremiah 30, verse 19. And out of them shall proceed, talk to me, shall proceed what? He's talking about the people, out of them. There's something that will come out. Something must come out of you before something can enter into your life. Out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. People who are excited. Now, look, look at the results. And I will multiply them. There's something that's happening. Thanksgiving. There is a vote. They are rejoicing. Then the Lord says, I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. Results are ensuring. There is multiplication. There is fruitfulness. Their children also shall be as aforetime, and their congregation shall be established before me. I will punish all that oppress them. Brother, I used to be in church. I used to be. These people are not saying, God, defeat my enemy, destroy my enemy. This is out of them. The voice of thanksgiving. It, the voice of those that are happy. He says, the result is that one of the things the Lord will do is that he will punish their oppressor. He will deal with the cause of their problem. He says, and their nobles shall be of themselves, and their governor shall proceed from the midst of them, and I will cause him. No, 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 no. You, you see this? He said, I will give you control over your own life. The circumstance will not control you. Your nobles, your governors shall be of yourself. You will not be governed by something else. You will not be saying due to circumstances beyond my control. God is saying, if you give me thanks and you praise me well, all circumstances will be under your control. And I will cause him to draw near. And he shall approach unto me. For who is this that engaged his heart to approach unto me, says the Lord? Here shall be my people and I will be your God. That means that when you begin to give thanks, when you are excited like that, 
you get closer to God. He said, you approach him. That's why in the Old Testament, he told them, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Who is welcome here? Somebody with thanksgiving. Welcome. You have come empty-handed. You have come with tears. You have come complaining. Ah, let me think about it. But if you have come with thanks, you are welcome. You are welcome. Everything multiplies in the hands of gratitude. Everything diminishes in the hands of the ungrateful. Let's go. Verse 8. Uh, number 8. Perfection. Perfection. There are people who experience the hand of God. God begins to do something in their lives. But it takes long for God to perfect that work. For some people, they will tell you they almost, almost got married. Almost had a baby. Almost got a job. Almost graduated. Almost. They don't know why they are living in the almost grain. Almost. They tell, they even tell their friends, you know what, this time, you know, I'm going to try it. You know, God, God is blessing me with a car. Somebody has even promised me everything is ready. They almost got it. And they always have the reason why they never got here. I just don't know. I just don't know. Is it that something happened at the border and then NPCD and then all this kind of stuff and then there was not enough money to clear the car and so I couldn't get it? Oh, maybe next time. Almost. Nothing gets done. It's always almost done. 2020 was almost a great year. Until COVID-19 spoiled it. Almost. This was a year where they would have built a house. They almost built. But the dollar went up. And so the prices for the building materials also went up. They almost built. Almost. Almost went to America, but because of the lockdown. <laughs> Almost danced on the water, but because of the storm. Only going to walk. Almost. In Luke 17, we read of Jesus killing ten lepers. The Bible says, as they went, they were healed. But only one man retained to give thanks. They all got healed. But they didn't get their lives back. They all didn't get their lives back. You know what leprosy does? It eats up your extremities. You get to lose your fingers. You get to lose parts of your body. They didn't get those parts back. They just got healed. The spread of the leprosy stopped. Their skin was healed. They almost got their lives back. They almost got their finances they lost. Their families they lost. They almost, only one person got it. It's the person who came back to give thanks. Look at verse 19. Look 17 verse 19. 
This is what the Lord Jesus said to him. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. At the beginning, your faith healed you. Now it's not healing, it's wholeness. Perfection, completeness. And then Jesus says that this expression of gratitude is an expression of faith. Your faith has made you whole. To be made whole is to be made complete. It means whatever was missing is applied. Whatever was not proper is dealt with. He got the bigger blessing. So his family returned to him. Whatever he lost brought it back to him. That's what this meant. So you see some people, they come to church like this and they receive healing. They don't come back to give their testimonies. I feel sorry for them. You see, when the woman with an issue of blood was healed, I want to show you something. She had been in this situation for 12 years. She spent a lot of money on the doctors. She lost almost everything. Jesus knew who touched him. He was not asking who touched me so that he could find out. He was saying who touched me so he could help her. Yeah. She had gotten healed, but she did not get wholeness. She did not go, she did not get the complete package of the miracle. So Jesus wanted to give her the opportunity to testify. So that whatever else she has lost as a result of that situation should be restored. Who touched me? And then the Bible says, trembling, she said it in I. She told them the story. And Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. So you're going back home. All that money you lost from the doctors will start coming back to you. It is the Lord who restores wasted years. Wasted years. All those years you spent on the statement. Now you're going to see the importance of testifying. You've got to testify. It doesn't matter that you are shy. This has nothing to do with your, with your personal temperaments. It has everything to do with the permanency of your miracle and with the perfection of that miracle. You've got to give thanks. You've got to testify. You can't keep quiet. Number nine, victory. Another amazing blessing that gratitude avails to us is victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he can give us the victory, there is something we must give to him. Thanks be to God. We're giving thanks. He gives us. Now, I want you to notice, he doesn't say, but thanks be to God, which gave us the victory. He says, which gives us. So I give him thanks. In return, he gives me the victory. Second Corinthians 2, verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in every place. I give him thanks. He causes me to rise above the situation. He causes me to triumph. Number 10, continuity. Continuity. If you want the miracle to stay, you must give thanks. You start losing whatever you stop thanking God for. 
Whatever you are not grateful for, start them. It is as though your thanksgiving is the oxygen of your miracle. Your miracle will die if you stop giving things. Doesn't matter that it happened 10 years ago, you have to continually give thanks. Continually give thanks. Apostle Paul knew this. That is why when you read in his epistles, you keep seeing him saying, I thank God for you always. I thank God for you. I thank God. I thank God for this. I thank God for that. Let me look at something. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He's speaking to these saints at Philippi. Verse 4. Always in every prayer of mine for you all, make a request with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. He says, I'm thanking God because of your partnership in the gospel. You people have been giving into the work. I've been able to go to different places and minister because of you. I am thanking God for you. Each time I remember you, I stop to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. As a result, be confident of this very thing. I'm confident that he which has begun a good work, what good work? This work of fellowshipping with me in the gospel. He that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. There will be a continuity to this thing I am grateful for. Start thanking God for your marriage. Start thanking God for your children. Why we lose our children so early? We are not grateful to God for them. You know, we call our children all sorts of things, not knowing that in the realm of the spirit we are short, shortening their lifespan. Father, thank you. Thank you for my children. Thank you. Thank you for my house. Thank you. Thank you for my car. Thank you for my husband. Thank you. Thank you for who I am in Christ. Thank you. Are you aware that uh, Thanksgiving is one of those things that gets you filled with the spirit of God? Ephesians 5, 18, 19, 20 tells us that. You give thanks in his name. Thank you, thank you. The Bible says everything that has praised you, praise God. That means if he stops praising God, he starts dying. The reason God gave it praise was so that it would praise him. So if your business does not praise God, it will die. If your marriage does not praise God, it will die. The love will die. You get your partner's hand and say, Let's thank God. The reason we are not divorced today is not because we are married to each other. It's because what God has put together, He has protected. Let's thank the Lord. The reason we have Junior in the house is not because we are smart. There are people who are praying for fruit of the womb. They have been praying for 25 years, they don't have a child. Let's thank God. Bless them, God. Continuity. Do you want this thing to continue? Do you want to stay on this job? Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this job you gave me. Thank you. You didn't get it because of your degree. There are more qualified people than yourself that are unemployed. Father, thank you. You don't even know how many people are applying for the same position, yet you were selected. Father, thank you. 
some of them even uh, sacrifice their own relatives for that job, but God gave it to you, Father. <laughs> Thank you. There are little things you don't know. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Look at you. Your hands are functioning well. You can clap your hands to the Lord. There are people who cannot clap their hands to the Lord because they have no hands. Father, thank you. If your legs are beginning to give you problems, ah, then I know where the problem is coming from. It's not because of old age. It's because they are not doing what God intended for them to do. Everything that has breathed should praise the Lord. How do your legs praise the Lord? It's by dancing. Your legs must do something for the Lord. You may not be a good dancer like myself. Just throw them and say, Lord, I'm doing this for you. Hey, You are good. You are great. Do something with your legs. You'll be amazed at how that sickness that people go. The doctor say it is arthritis. Everything that has breath. You're saying there is the breath of life in these things. They will not be paralyzed. That's the breath of life here. Your loins must praise him. Songs should rise from there. Your hands must praise him. Your head, every part of you, whatever you want to experience the life of God, should express praise to God. I told you about Hezekiah. He said, if I die, who will praise you? God will not allow him to die because God wants somebody to praise him. Lift those hands toward him and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving me life. I'm making progress because of you. Yeah. How to give thanks. Let me show you quickly how to give thanks. Number one, through prayer. There is the prayer of thanksgiving. You pray. You start counting your blessings and begin to thank God for them. Huh? People of God, somebody walks up to you and says, I was thinking about you. Here's a 500. And then you go home, you're like, wow, that guy loves me. Listen, a man can receive nothing except it is given to him from above. After you have told that man, thank you, when you go home, Father, thank you for telling that man to give that money. I acknowledge that the money came from you. You are supposed to be part of the queue. Ah. The attendant just came for you and said, Please, sir, you can come. Follow me. Follow me. And opens a new, uh, you know, uh, a new place for you and begins to operate. When you go home, say, Father, thank you. You saw how tired I was. You had to do something about the situation. I didn't even pray that you should show me favor here, but yet you responded to my heart's longing. Thank you. When you begin to do such things, God will now start showing you big things. If you're not faithful to give thanks in small things, you won't be faithful to give thanks in big things. Should God promote you, you will glorify yourself. You don't know how to glorify God. These small beginnings are a training ground. 
God is training you to give him thanks. That is why when you prayed for a 20,000, he gave you a 5,000. He wants to see if you're going to be grateful or you're going to complain. Then he knows your heart. He knows your heart. He that is faithful in little is faithful in much. Say thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you. Why are you doing it for him and you're not doing it for me? And grateful people have a spirit of entitlement. They think they deserve these things. Do we deserve anything from God? No. It is all by His grace. Why are you being angry? You are angry. Why did God? Why did God abandon me? Why did God? Why? As though God exists because of you. He doesn't need you to be God. He was God before you were even born. You are the one who exists because of him. Be grateful. They took my phone. They took your phone. This thing is revealing what is most important to you. They took your phone. And you are so angry you can't even pray. Your phone. Your phone. What will happen when they steal your car? This is just your phone. You can't eat for days. Your phone. Your phone. Your Samsung. <laughs> the one you got 500 quarters. <laughs> That's the one that has upset you. It shows how attached you were to this thing. And I tell you the truth. I tell you the, thing, the truth. It was also stealing your zeal for the Lord. It was good that they stole it from you. <laughs> And I pray for you until you repent. May God give you an ideal small phone that has no internet. Yes, because if God gives you these big, big phones, you will go mad. You will not be sleeping. You will be waking up as well to pray. We will see you online. What are you doing? Only God knows. You are so upset. They didn't steal your bag or they stole your phone. You're so upset. So angry. You can't even pray. You don't even want to go to church. We're following up on you. Why did you not come to church on Sunday? You know what happened is that last Sunday when I was going home, they attacked me. They stole my phone. Did they steal it from you in church? Did it happen in church? No, it happened when I was going. So come back. They're just saying things that God has said that will not allow us to go to the next level until we fulfill the requirements. And if we force ourselves to that next level, we are forcing ourselves to our destruction. When you see God resisting a man, it's because he loves that man. He knows that his pride will destroy him. If I lift him, it is to his down. Until I deal with his pride, I should not lift him. Because the one who is already on the ground doesn't need to fear falling. So you have been praying, God lift me, lift me, lift me. He knows your heart. That's why he resisted the pride. It's not because he hates them. He hates the pride in their heart. He knows what it did to the devil, the angel of light, who became the prince of darkness. A beautiful being that became an ugly being because of pride. He doesn't want that to happen to you. So he will keep you there. 
you may lift yourself, but God will keep you there. So prayer of thanksgiving. Ephesians 1 16. It says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So you give thanks in prayer. You pray prayers of thanksgiving. Number two, worship and praise of thanksgiving. Nehemiah, 19, uh, Nehemiah 12, verse 46. For in the days of David and Asaph, of old, they were chief of the singers and songs of praise and thanksgiving unto God. Like what we were doing before we got into the world. You worship him. You sing to him. Songs of praise. Uh, there should be songs of praise. They shouldn't just be songs. Make sure they contain praise. They contain thanks. Number three, testimony of thanksgiving. Psalm 107, verse 22. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Look at that. And declare his works with rejoicing. Declaring his works is testifying on his works. He says, you do it with rejoicing. And we see when you say testimonies of thanksgiving, they should be testimonies of thanksgiving. They should be. I remember when I was in Swaziland, uh, we were in church and it was testimony time and a woman got up to, take, to share a testimony. She got up with her daughter, you know, she went and stood in front and said, Hallelujah, Bazawani. That means Hallelujah, people of God. I have a testimony. You know, the other day my, my daughter was, was raped. And she was raped so terribly. It was so sad. It was sad. And then she left to go and sit down. That was her testimony. <laughs> I was shocked as everyone else was. We didn't know whether to glorify God and start questioning God. Why did you allow that to happen? It must be a testimony. That's why we, we say here before you can stand here to testify. See program managers, let them hear your testimony first. <laughs> Verify, see to it, it's a testimony indeed. Then you can stand here because we don't want to hear such things. You're going to destroy somebody's faith. Somebody's saying, yeah, ah, God will do it. God will do it for me. And then you start talking about all the things that have happened to you and things that you have not even received any solution and then you go and sit down. The Bible says the testimony of Christ is the spirit of prophecy. That means as you are testifying, you are prophesying that what God has done for me, He can do it for you also. Number four, works of gratitude. One of the amazing ways to thank God is to live for God. To serve Him. Thank you for giving me a life. So I will use this life to live for you. Luke 1, 74 to 75. He says that he would grant unto us that we be delivered out of the hand of our enemies. What should we do when we are delivered from the hands of our enemies? He says that we might serve him without fear. That's how we say thank you for delivering us. He said to Moses, tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may watch, that they may serve me, that they may worship me. Not expecting that after healing you, you would go to the nightclubs. That's you saying, God, I'm not grateful for the healing you gave me. And you're going to lose it. You will lose it. He 
use your hands, you start using them to steal. Use your voice, you start using it to lie. Say, see, you are well now. Go and sin no more. There's something worse than this happens to you. He says to save him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him. Not for three months, all the days of our life. Number five, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. That means here you've got to give something that you value. You're going to take an offering and give it to the Lord to appreciate him. And say, Lord, this is for 2020, what you did for me. Psalm 116, verse 17. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And you will call upon the name of the Lord. I will offer. So I'm not just saying thank you. I have nothing to give you but to say thank you. And here he says you must have something to give. You must have. Leviticus 22, 29. And when you will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own way. Nobody needs to force you. Otherwise it's not thanksgiving. You have to make up your mind, I am going to do it. I am going to do it. Hallelujah. Amos chapter 4 verse 5 from the CEV. Let's read it together. One to go. Bring, Bring offerings to show me. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Are you seeing that? Bring what? Just bring yourselves to church. No, he says, bring offerings to show me. You have told me. Now show me. To show me how thankful you are. So how thankful are you for what the Lord has done for you in 2020? So he says, bring an offering to show me. And this is what one of the things we're going to do in this month. By the way, the month of December is and will always be our month of thanksgiving. It's one of those rivers that you can always, you know, you can, you can always be accurate. It's our month of thanksgiving. Always in the year with thanksgiving. So he says, bring offerings to show me how thankful you are. Gladly bring more offerings. <laughs> more offerings than I have demanded. I don't know if we are reading the same Bible. <laughs> gladly, gladly. You're not, you're not grateful if you are saying, mm. <laughs> I'm saying thank you. I don't know how I'm going to pay rent. Thank you. <laughs> he says, gladly, gladly, bring more offerings than I have demanded. So, as you are thinking about your thanksgiving, God may, may give you a, a, a figure, a number, give this amount of money. He says, bring more. More offerings that I have demanded. He says, you really love to do this. He knows you. Is he speaking to the right people? You really love to do this. I, the Lord God, have spoken. You really love to do this. Oh, oh, God knows us. God knows us. Yes, there are certain people he can't say this to me. You know, because he knows 
this will be more reasons for them to complain. They have already been complaining. Now he's telling them, bring an offering of thanksgiving. They'll be complaining what they're bringing. And the Bible says that what a person gives, he shouldn't give grudgingly, he shouldn't give sort of you or out of compassion, but he must give, he says, um, purposely, for God loves a cheerful giver. Rise up to your feet. And just say a prayer of thanksgiving to the Lord for His words, appreciate it, and give Him thanks. Go ahead and